Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for today, 31st of August. Welcoming again our guest, Lana. Uh, remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, somebody's got to win that money. For those of you on the podcast, my cat is sitting on my shoulder. Um, okay, so now let me find the correct screen share. I think it's the one with the, the Zoom room. Okay, here we go. Okay. I launched this a little bit fast because the cat was on my shoulders. Okay, so we're going to reflect on the competition from two... Oh, oh, yeah. Screenshots from last night first. Hard to remember with the cat on your shoulder exactly what your plans are. Uh, a pretty incredible afternoon sim value going on. So I won two of these um, PGA pitch and putts, but that's not even the important part. The important part is we're at like 150% expected value. 100% expected value. 100% expected value. Come NHL opening night, that will be good comfort because I, I'm bad at NHL. i probably get 50% of my money back, but the upside of having that shot at $50,000, I have a good optimizer and a decent process. Um, so yeah, and then for PGA, I think I got the, a good process there. I want to make fun of this one draft selection. I've been doing a lot of this recently. I, I tried to go live last night. It turns out you have to give it 24 hours of notice to go live, but these guys, what was this guy doing, man? Drafting Najee Harris, old oldest man in, in football. I mean, maybe he'll get 12, 12 yards, 12 touchdowns or something this year. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, who is not playing football, and we knew it when he drafted him. And he drafted him in, like, the fifth round. And, like, I don't know. He's easily seventh or eighth round now. He's going to miss four weeks for me. Also because I have way too much Jonathan Taylor from earlier in the year. Uh, we're getting past summer, too, so I'm not, I'm not going to keep on wearing the hat, even though it's a bad hair day. I'm going to keep on. Oh, yeah, and congratulations to the cat. Another takedown, or I guess another win. Um, uh, the night slate last night, I, I just pushed, was even on all the slates. It was, we, had, we did fine yesterday. There's nothing really in the direct yesterday to talk about. Um, what, I, what I do want to do is go to all contests. I want to see who won the uh, Mega Mini Max, because that's the one I was in. I want to see where I stacked up with people a couple of days ago, and I had a pretty good day. So we go over to users. I might have to refresh the data. I don't know how many days it's been. Which I didn't open the window. Open the window if you need to go out. Just let me know. Give it a second. I'm going to wait. It's, it's doing a thing. Ideally, would do this beforehand, but, you know, I can't control when the cat jumps on my shoulders, and that means it's go time. Okay, so here we go. Uh, winnings. All right, let's look at these guys who won the most money. Let's confirm again the things that we've been doing. Actual ROI. A five stack. Okay, these five stacks are working out. Yesterday, a five stack did it again. Five stack on a 12-game slate without much value. Fives, fives were his top winning lineups all over the place. A bunch of different fives. And what's the, what's the salaries? 49,800. 49,400, that's a little looser than we've been playing it. 47,400, okay. So this guy, Joe, who made all this money yesterday, now his his biggest win was still right in the wheelhouse, right, 49,800, so we don't need to really change our methods too much. But let's see, um, what's the bigger, the, the main tournament was, the, oh yeah, actually, hold on. Uh, oh, no, no, uh, it's going to take too long now that I've clicked the new one. Contests take a while to load, obviously, for reasonable reasons oh yeah i can just start doing the other parts of the show while this loads 
Winds blowing in from center, Miami, Washington. Yep, I did a minus 5%, I think, for Miami, Washington. Yep, because the average of their home runs and runs was minus 5%. I did a plus 5% for Dodgers. Uh, this game is not on the main slate, and but if you are playing the showdown, a little bit of a, a boost to pitchers in that game as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not going to do a showdown thing, actually. guess I haven't checked to see if it's valuable. <laughs> Let me check and see if it's a valuable slate they put up. Okay. They do often put up a valuable slate for showdowns when they're solo showdowns in the morning. If it's valuable, we'll talk about it. New York, Detroit. Oh, wow, that's kind of soon. Um, 10,000. Yeah, it's worth All right, I'll think about it for like one second with you guys in a second. Huh? Not Gmail, Sabersim. The two things I type every day, a bunch of times a day. Okay. So I'll do that. Um, showdown here. I assume it'll just pop up. Yep. Uh, okay, so everything's confirmed. Great. So your captain plays Schmidt, the pitchers. Your captain plays are the pitchers. Your value captain plays are who has the highest chance of hitting a home run relative to their ownership. Probably going to be Kerry Carpenter. Yeah, it definitely is. 20%. So Kerry Carpenter is your leverage play. Um, I don't understand that at all. Riley Green looks great, too. He's got to have a pretty solid home run rate. Yeah, 15%. Okay, not quite as good. What's your Volpe? So next up's probably going to be... No, it's it's, a, it's that guy by a landslide. Yeah. It's Kerry Carpenter and Kerry Carpenter. It's Maybe I play a Kerry Carpenter lineup. It's so Kerry Carpenter. He's way overpriced, so that's why he's leveraged. But his chance of getting a home run versus his ownership is, is why he's the leverage. Like, it's 20%. One in five games, he hits a home run at, at 1% captain, at, uh, 2% captain or whatever it is. And so that's huge leverage. That's like one in five games is way more than you normally get. So that, that's the move. Kerry Carpenter, captain. Um, besides that, uh, you know, you, you slam Schmidt and Manning. They're fine. And then you get some value pieces. Who are the value pieces? Pereira. You slam Pereira, maybe Cabrera. They're both fine. Yeah, that's a little stack, too. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's how I'd approach it. Start off with the captain. Um, uh, whoever it was I was saying, crazy idea, uh, Carpenter. And then, yeah, so that's what I'll be doing. And uh, for my one lineup, I'll probably play one now that I got a little excited. I thought that was a, that was a cool lineup, $10,000 in the middle of the day. It's not normally that much up top. Uh, okay, so pretty slim pickings here. I thought I had more pitchers in the mix. Yeah. Doesn't want me to get to any Joan at dawn. That's fine with me. I'm fine with having 71% Strider. I'm not really fine with 100% Pedro Avila. No, against San Francisco? I don't. I still don't want 100%, but I will be heavily overweight. Those are fine. So we'll, I'm fine with being... Let's see. No, I don't want... Strider's projection to be lowered for any reason. I'm sh sure that's like a. I'm sure it's because I changed like five percent the game, whatever. Okay. Uh, the total expected runs and it reflected into Strider's expected projection, whatever. Uh, okay, yeah, and I want to make sure I'm sorting this by percentile. Ninety fifth, the ninety ninth. I change it based on how it how how it uh, performs. So if I like what it gave me, didn't really like that one. So let's go to 95th. 
That's better. Now what about five? Uh, five uniques is probably too much for this slate. No, that's great. I like what that did. So now we've got a ton of Avila, a bunch of Strider, some Garrett, add-on and Lynn, but way under the field on add-on and Lynn. We're just jamming Strider and Avila. Avila feels like, it, you know, jam as much Avila as you are content with. Um, 70, it's a lot of percents. Am I going to go with really 70% Avila versus spreading it around to these other guys? No, probably not. I think it's probably more like a 60% cap for him. I, I just don't like one pitcher to go wildly bad and really nicely. Okay, let's check out. If we got any underdog picks for today, a nice little run here at the end of FIBA after an absolutely wretched beginning of FIBA. Oh, nothing. This is the worst slate ever. So, hey, I love it when the decisions are easy. Right now, there is no value on the board at all, at all. Tight board. Congratulations on days like this. You know, if we're being positive, positive mindset. Congratulations to the bookies. Good work out there. Whoever is doing the equivalent of our job on their end for baseball today. At uh, I guess it's a short slate. So less opportunities to get lax with your, your um, uh, lines and stuff. But still, congratulations to, to you guys. Um, again, yeah, our sign-off phrase about somebody's got to win that money. I guess yeah. If we if we widen the view to include the the sports books and the the you know pick them applications and stuff, somebody's got to win that money. I hope it's us, but no, it's it's often going to be the the applications we're using. So uh, yeah, stick to DFS again for me. That's that's how I've you know found success. There's a small grinding percentage win that I do get from pick them. That's why I check it all the time, but it's not like gangbusters because it's clear every time i do it right like every time there's edge it goes away in seconds it goes away in minutes right like it's clear there's sharp people on the other end trying not to lose right so it's not clear that's not clear to me in dfs every night there's like 30 percent of people that just do what happened on the very last sleep you know like there's certain fishy behavior maybe newcomer behavior whatever it is that is persistent and so like i think you can outplay you know it's like survivor mentality outlast outwin whatever you can't outlast a bookie you can't outlast they're going to move the lines they're going to get theirs from somebody else you know like it's not like one of us always wins so while i would definitely be doing more real gambling if i were in a legal gambling state and didn't have to deal with all these weird like uh games you know that's going on whatever this is um yeah then i would be talking more straight gambling talk because that seems like with parlays particularly like uh same game parlays or like very long parlays that that would be my jam but have i said all the things just like no i haven't said batters yet i think i told you yeah where, where we're going to be for pitchers strider and avila i guess we're going to garrett now too probably about yeah well i guess a little garrett too so those are my guys i don't know i'll parse them one way or another but all right, Team Stacks, let's check it out. It's a ton of Miami. I have specifically told them I don't want Miami. I don't think they have much upside. So why would they do that? But there it is. Uh, I guess, oh, I see. No, no. It's, it's it's closer to fine than I would have thought. I'll still limit them probably two-thirds stacks. But just because even though I've nerfed them a little bit, meaning bumped them down, um, that's a talk from like video game lingo that I'm not sure everybody's familiar with. But uh, they're still pretty solid on the slate, right? Like uh, 
you should still run into a lot of them. So, yeah, I'll, I'll have 65%, but I'll have more San Diego, more, I say more Atlanta. I don't have more Atlanta here. I'm confident in this Atlanta against whatever Kershaw or something. It doesn't matter to me whatever Dodgers person I am bad-mouthing. Is there really no the Dodgers pitchers? Lance Lynn. Yeah, he's not that bad. I was like, how am I not getting any Lance Lynn out here? But, I mean, I am about to target Lance Lynn, so make sure I have 25%. Because these guys will hit dongs off of Lance Lynn. Like, they might only give up four runs, and it's four solo home runs. You know, that's that's a Lance Lynn type game. So I'm going to get, yeah, one-third stacks of Atlanta, but the major stacks are San Diego and Miami for me. Um, and that's just based on run expectancy. And I guess that's also in, implicit in that is their opponent and their pitching. All right. Yeah, so we could look. I don't want to go into the um, bullpen stuff today. Don't want to go into, yeah. Yeah, that's good for today. Uh, remember to check out the Big Picture series to like, comment, subscribe. Thanks again for watching, guys. It's absolutely ridiculous that there's we got like three dozen subscribers now, and about a third of that watching every single night. So, what a cool community! And like, I love seeing you guys winning in the chat. And, and uh, yeah, let me know on YouTube. You know, some YouTube watchers. If you're not in the Discord, also or sending me tweets, let me know. You know, send me a tweet with uh, how you did if you if you get a nice big result. Uh, I love to share it. And, uh, yeah. And I love to share in that um, feeling, right? Like it's an important part. We talk in some of the other big picture videos about how emotional intelligence is an important part of being a good gambler, right? Like you need to know yourself well. And that means knowing others well, because in order to know a person, you have to know other people as well as yourself, right? Because you can know yourself in a superficial way by just hanging out with yourself. But when you get to know other people and you see what they do, it enables you to project yourself across them and know and learn more about yourself, right? So you can become a better gambler that way. And so you need to get better emotional intelligence. And that's why, like, it's not just fun to to be like, yeah, go, you know, Jake or go whoever these guys, it's always Jake. Jake's always, he's been killing it at tennis. He's up at the top pretty much every single day in basketball, uh, Jake Anderson in the, the Discord or, you know, any number of these guys. It was BP, it was uh, BP last year for basketball, but I genuinely like when these guys hit, I saw BP got king of, got into the king of the beach. I didn't, or, or sorry, the king of the baseline, whatever it was. I shouldn't say that. I don't know how he did. But I, I when that happened, I was in that competition and I lost whatever, $60, $100, whatever it was. But I was genuinely happy BP won that because like friend from like a couple, he, he gave me advice for that big win for a couple of them, like the NFL slate, the one that made me into a semi-pro gambler at all. So like these are like my council of dudes, guys, by fashioning them into that and being genuinely happy for my fellow council members like you know dk having that big win in fiba yesterday that's awesome man and like there's no need to cast aspersions and get upset and say like you know there's a uh, there's a strand of of wine in uh the dfs community that's like you know calling other people fish just because they won like today like you know if i would were to be upset about fiba i would be upset about how uh, what was the last team to play? France played their aged, oh, probably not even going to play on the Olympic team point guard. Maybe that's what it was. A nice goodbye round of whatever for DiColo over their young buck who played incredible in the first half had played incredible in the last blowout game. So anyway, I, I it cost me probably like 50 bucks on that slate. I was going to make a run at the top if, if uh, that the backup point guard makes a, makes some run for France. 
But I'm not going to begrudge the guys who got lucky and played 38-year-old DiColo. Maybe they had a thought that, oh, yeah, you're probably not going to keep playing. He's extremely old. And so, you know, maybe they give him some like, hoorah, you're, we're beating the crap out of this team run. And that's just a plot that didn't occur to me. And I, I'm not upset about it at all. It's totally, it's the fun of the game, man. I can just, I mean, I'm just old enough to remember when this didn't exist. When I was in college, man, you couldn't do this at all. There was nowhere to talk about game theory except math class. So the fact that like every day I get to sit up here and think about game theory for freaking hours a day, and that it can be like a possible semi-professional thing to do, to just think about how game theory of some kind applies to sports is tremendous. And there's, you just got to be happy that this, we exist at a time where all the investors are still propping up this, uh, this thing that I don't think is making them too much money right now. I mean, I understand it could be making them a little bit of money, um, but DraftKings in particular, I mean, they're not a sports book as much as FanDuel is. So how are they, who's given them enough money to survive? I see them running overlay things all the time. I, I'm not checking their books. I, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, they, they something's wrong, but I'm just happy we're around to be here. And I guess I'll end it here and say, remember, we're good enough. We're strong enough. And gosh darn it, somebody's got to win that money. Might as well be... Yes.